And so it is really important to have, have that balance because most important thing behind content creation when you're traveling is to enjoy the experience. Like I'm, I'm, that's, that's at the core of why I'm going on these trips in the first place is to fully immerse myself into a certain culture and to be able to fully enjoy it and to fully be there, not to be thinking about every single next shot that I need to put or like, you know, whether I was screwing something up around my business. It's like, no, I've set it up in a way for me to be able to go there, experience it, capture a few moments and then be able to put it all into a story afterwards. Welcome back to the Happy Positive Energy Game podcast with me, your host, Luke Anning. And I hope all you beautiful people are feeling bright and warm. And if not, that is exactly why we are here today. I've got an incredible guest for you guys. As some of you guys know, I was doing a little bit of traveling across the world and I find myself in a bit of a unique spot in Iceland where I came up to this like beautiful little natural spring and I met like this group of people. And one of the people I'm bringing on today, so I'm bringing on Jaro Chebla, also known as on his mainstream profiles, Travel with Jaro. Jaro has originally grown up in Hawaii, but has now been traveling for the past three years. Is that right? Yes, about three years ago, got it tattooed on my arm. It was the day I decided to drop out of <laughs> out of university and uh, to leave home and to pursue that full time. So yeah, it's been three years now. Hell yeah. And Jaro has a social media family of over 2 million followers. So Jaro, I just want to say out of the bottom of my heart, I know you're always traveling around like here, there and everywhere. But it's uh, I'm so grateful that you're on this podcast because I feel like a lot of people listening to this want to step into traveling and want to step into you know, ultimate freedom and living their best life. And I feel like you've really gave yourself an opportunity to access that. So welcome on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And super stoked to have met you. I feel like this is the first time that we're really tuning in together. And uh-huh. it's like, like, no wonder that we just met at this random hot spring in the middle of nowhere in Iceland. It's like, if we're not going to meet there, like, where are we going to meet? We're either going to meet on in yeah. the middle of the desert, on the moon, or like somewhere else. So, <laughs> yeah, super stoked that we were able to connect and excited to share this time with you. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to learn about you um, way more deeper. And I'm sure people are as well. So I, I think it's going to be really important, not only for me, but for the audience. Like, where were you before you decided to venture off and travel? Yeah, so that, I mean, that definitely leads into, like, the longer story. Hey, I, so I'm originally from the Czech Republic, and when I was about five years old, my family wanted to move over from the Czech Republic all the way across the world to Hawaii and we're five and we only speak Czech and we're like what is going on I don't want to move to Hawaii and we were just so scared and you know we um, make it over there and I spent about 16 years in in Hawaii and it's just grown me into a totally totally different person whereas like growing up in the city in Prague in the Czech Republic I I can't even imagine like what sort of person I'd be as compared to who I was growing up in Hawaii and having constantly being surrounded by nature, spending so much time in the ocean surfing in the outdoors and whatnot. Um, but, uh, fast forward a few more years, I met a girl that I teenage fell in love with and I, I moved out to Oregon for this girl and spent a semester going to a Christian university um, this was my, 
I was in school for two and a half years at, at mm -hmm. the time already after after high school. So two and a half years of college slash university. And yeah, so I spent some time in, in Oregon and then she wasn't able to afford to go to that school anymore. So I wasn't going to go to that school without her. I fell in love with this girl. Why would I stay at this like small mm -hmm. conservative Christian university without without her around? So I go and I moved with her over to Vancouver, Canada, I spent about three to four months there before taking the, the big leap. Mm, okay, I hear that. So we've taken the big leap. Like I appreciate like you're a content creator, like full time now. So were you content creating before you decided to travel? Or was it just like an initial documenting process? And then it just grew into the beast that it is now? <laughs> so um, I began shooting content when I was about 12 years old, I picked up a GoPro and started shooting surf photography. So I'd wake up at five in the morning, every single morning to go and shoot photos and videos at the beach, uh, which I'd later share with my audience. And when I was about 16 years old, my dad helped me and helped me to invest in a water housing for an actual camera, which like, which was like a couple thousand dollars at the time. This was like a big deal. And so I was like determined to make it in surf photography mm -hmm. and chipped away at it for years and years. And there really wasn't as much opportunity and growing on social media at that time, unless you already had uh, a following base. It's like the mm -hmm. days of organic reach were totally gone at that point. And you know, that was up until TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, and all of that came along. Whereas like now you could grow faster than ever. Like you could blow up and quit your job overnight. Even it's mm -hmm. absolutely as absolutely wild. So um, yeah, I did that for a bit and I feel like I was constantly going back and forth between trying to make a ton of money or following my passions. And so for the longest time, I would just try to hustle up and, and start a bunch of different other businesses that, mm -hmm. you know, I had fun with like the business side of things, but it's not something that I was super, super passionate about. Um, so before I really grew my social following and committed to content creation full time. I was trying to make, a, I was trying to make it in drop shipping for mm -hmm. about a year. And it was just like hustling in the drop shipping game. I was determined to have a ton of money, a bunch of babes traveling the world full time and to have millions of dollars in drop shipping. And, you know, soon found out that that was something that was never going to, to make me happy. And, um, I had a software engineer from Silicon Valley mm -hmm. that I, well, man, there's so many crazy stories that I'm, that I'm skipping over that I hope to dive into, but basically we were on, we were in New Zealand. That was the first place that I went to after I had left home three years ago. And I met a group of people. One of them had been a part of a sailing group on Facebook and he was looking for a boat to sail on. Uh, his name was Chris. And then I also had my friend, my friend, Luke, who was a software engineer from Silicon Valley, and he was just traveling around working on his computer and all this stuff. And I had my, my new girlfriend, Mash, who I started dating after five months of, of me leaving home. And one of them asks us if we were interested in going with him and sailing from New Zealand to Fiji, which would be a wow. seven day crossing. And we had never sailed in our lives. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're like, what is going on? And uh, we had had some other trips planned at that time. And 
decided to make a 24-hour decision in sailing to Fiji. So we had to pack all of our things up the next day and leave. So now we're in some part of New Zealand training. We're supposed to be training for one week, and then we were supposed to be sailing from New Zealand to Fiji. And that ended up being like two months of living on the boat in New Zealand because they couldn't get their papers on in time. And anyway, that's kind of going off, off topic a little bit. But when I was on that boat, Luke was with me, the software engineer, and he, I kept talking about how I wanted to create content at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was always, I'm going to create it when I get to this place. And when I get to that place, and when I get to that place, I always had Bali, Indonesia as like the place in my mind where I was going to make it with my content creation, even though I wasn't even working on content creation. I was just trying to do every other um, Mm -hmm. little thing to control the financial situation at the time. So it was a bit hard to, to take that leap. You know, at the time I was making about $1,200 a month, uh, which was plenty of money uh, to be traveling with Mm -hmm. is, you know, like backpacking with. Um, and Luke looks at me as we were stepping onto the boat. Cause this was like the perfect thing to document. It's like, we just, we're about to like experience something crazy. And he's like, bro, you've just been like talking about it all this time. Why don't you just start today? And then it just hit me <laughs> smack in the face at that moment in my life. It's like, you're right. I'm never actually going to start what it is that I'm excited about until I just start. And today is the perfect day to start. So a lot of my content actually preaches on that as well. Like the last couple of posts I've, I put up have uh, gone off that tap topic of just starting today. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just mm-hmm. taking that little, little step forward in, in the direction of your passions. Mm-hmm. Right. It is kind of like that. I think like I can definitely relate like the first coach that I ever had, like I was watching his content for like eight months and I was like, I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to hire this guy. Until like there was that pivotal moment where it was like, dude, just hire the dude. <laughs> hire him. Like, come on. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's such a beautiful space to. So since that first moment of you creating content, what is the difference between Jaro then and Jaro now? So I chipped away at it. I, that was when I really started hammering down on TikTok. Like what I was most excited about at the end of the day was filmmaking. I wanted to be a filmmaker. So I was doing both because I saw this massive opportunity in growing on TikTok at the time, three years ago. And uh, then there was, wait, this was, no, that wasn't three years ago. This was about two years ago now, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chipped away at that for seven months and f- had my first massive breakthrough on TikTok where, <laughs> dude, mm-hmm. I my account grew from 150,000 followers to 650,000 followers within literally five days. Like it was, mm-hmm. in, it was insane how, how quickly it, it grew at the time. And filmmaking had always been like something on the back of my mind that I had wanted to pursue that was like full direct alignment mm-hmm. with my passions uh, but it's also something that's a little harder to organically grow so me st- me taking a step closer in that direction was me finally pursuing content creation full-time too mm. and being able to turn that into a living and 
now that I have that as my living, it, it allows me to travel while documenting with my actual camera at the same time. So I have a couple of other projects going on in the background right now that most people don't see, which would be like my cinematic mm-hmm. passion led, passion led projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I could dive a little more into about like what I've been working on lately. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it would be really great to share. Cause I think a lot of people think, Oh, like I have to do this one thing and that has to be the thing that I'm doing. But actually it's like, Hey, like I've got this social media family that's grown up beautifully from all of this, like short form content that I've put out, but actually like the underlying passion is the filmmaking and you've actually been able to achieve both by doing both right and i'm curious do you think the blowing up on the short form content has helped benefit you stepping into the filmmaking side of things massively because it's yeah in in a sense content creation is um i am creating like mini films right and um it has completely grown me as a person where i've been able to connect with people from all over the world like it's really stretched me outside of my comfort zone and there were so many like scary things that, that came with committing to pursuing content creation mm-hmm. full like time, what? Um, such as connecting with people. Like when I, you know, when I was working in the background on, on my business, like I was just so happy to be doing all of this stuff in like the background, but I'm, I, and, but like growing up, I was actually like a, you know, super shy, like pretty anxious person. All I wanted to do was like connect with people and to be able to mm-hmm. fully experience life with with others um and yeah i mean there's there's a lot of things that, that you're grown with it's like traveling full-time you're left by yourself for the most part at the end of every day unless you settle down into a community which which i have here and there mm-hmm. you are literally just you know in, in your own bubble at the end of every day, forced to sit down with yourself. You really can't run away from your own feelings and stuff like that. Like they're so, you're so, what's, what's the word for, for when something looks at you directly and you feel very. Like you're kind of like avoidant towards like the things that come up for you, but like a lot is coming up because ultimately you're by yourself. Right. So I'm trying to think of the word. Hmm. I can't think of a word other than avoidant, but I mm-hmm. I understand what that feels like. Like that's I mean, what I felt when I traveled. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm seeing all these amazing things and I'm seeing all these amazing people, but when I get to the end of the day, it's just me. <laughs> there's there's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it totally could be. Like um I'm definitely more of the anxious and less avoidant person in like a relationship dynamic, for example, but like, I'm not one to try to avoid what I'm feeling, but try to mm-hmm. dive more into it almost too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people see travel as escapism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, when people view it as like a weekend, people wait for the weekend to go and party their faces off or to finally go on something to try to escape from like the other five days of, of the week. Whereas like travel, it's like you finally have a couple of weeks out of the year or a few weeks out of the year where you're just traveling somewhere and you don't care about anything at all. So you are essentially like a lot of the times you are escaping from the reality you've got waiting 
back for you back at home. But when you're traveling full time, like there's no running away from, from that. I mean, you, you totally can, but you, you're quickly going to find out that it's like, that it's like nearly impossible to run away from that stuff traveling full time because it's almost like a sensory, sensory overload. And you just hit this point of burnout where you just want to go inward and figure these things out by yourself. So the last three years have completely stretched me as, as a person. And I've gone through a couple of different burnouts. For example, last year, I didn't shoot content for four, five months. And it just kind of stressful because it was my job now. <laughs> and uh, I was just working on like the paid projects that I had going on. And luckily that was able to last me the, the few months as I dove in and did all of the personal work on myself at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting because a lot of people say like, follow your passion, follow your purpose type thing. And, and I'm a huge advocate for it, but you can almost get so pulled into it that it's like okay i'm all in like this is this is this is all in you go so all in that you actually lose a part of yourself like and and like i think that's all about like the different identities that you become along this road right jaro at the start versus jaro now is completely different but sometimes like you get so lost that it's like yo i'm i'm burnt like i need some time to actually figure out what i am doing and who i am right now yeah and i love these conversation I, conversations and i love the podcasts that you know we often go on because it's like at, at the end of the day a lot of the conversations lead to lead to the same conversation of understanding who you are and your needs mm -hmm. desires honoring all sides of yourself like there's so much to to learn and yeah to pick up on it's beautiful have you found that there's some like best practices to have when you're looking to look after yourself whilst traveling, whilst you're jumping from place to place to place? Obviously, you've got the aspect of like sleep and possible jet lag as well. I don't know how you've overcome that or if you just aren't phased by it now that you keep traveling or like, how does that all work? Yeah, honestly, you know, you, you start to see life as just having its seasons, especially when I reached that place of, of burnout last year where I didn't do any, didn't do much for four or five months apart from surf and look at myself, honestly. And what I've come to understand is that, you know, not every day is going to be the exact same as, as the other one, especially when you're like traveling all the time. And like I'm refer I'm I'm just thinking back on like hustle car hustle culture where people mm -hmm. look at you and you know they tell you to like sleep less and to like do all these things which are actually deteriorating your health because you're so obsessed with this one thing that just seems so out of reach and then you finally get there and you feel empty anyway <laughs> and uh, so yeah like those key health things have been super important for me such as yeah getting you know sometimes as as low as like six hours but like uh oftentimes seven or eight hours of sleep a day i to, i'm actually a yin yoga instructor so i like to do yoga every day <laughs> uh, when i can physical yeah. exercise is so important if i could spend you know 
30 minutes outside just walking and listening to a book every day and that's so calming for my mind before diving into like work content creation and stuff like that like yeah it's so mm -hmm. passion driven but it's also like it, it does take take a lot of work too so i really want to set myself up for success in in that and right you know i've yeah like over the last couple of years like i know when i'm when i'm close to a burnout like i know when mm -hmm. i'm nearing that and it sometimes it feels like i'm kind of like riding that line mm -hmm. of um of of what that would look like and just having more balance in my life mm. how do you how do you kind of find that balance of creation and exploration because like i feel like I don't know for me, like for exploration, like for example, and maybe this is just because it was Reykjavik and it's really small, but like after about like three, four hours of Reykjavik, I was like, okay, I'm done now. Like I'm going to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy my work so much that like, I'm yeah. happy to do it. But like, how do you find that balance? Is there like a schedule you lean into or is it like, hey, like this is going to be the flow for like this next week. Like if I'm going to be in the next destination, do you plan things or like, how do you flow with it? Uh, yeah. So it's actually, I mean, every single travel plan is totally uniquely different. And I've tried to focus on the things that are most important in my business. So it's like, I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to, you know, put hours of time into putting stories on Instagram because I know those aren't as effective towards my audience. Like mm -hmm. if I'm going to do any actual work during a trip, it's going to be to focus on the most important things such as, you know, creating um, TikToks or reels and uh, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so it is really important to have, have that balance because most important thing behind content creation when you're traveling is to enjoy the experience like i'm i'm that's that's at the core of why i'm going on these trips in the first place is to fully immerse myself into a certain culture and to be able to fully enjoy it and to fully be there not to be thinking about every single next shot that i need to put or like you know whether i was screwing something up around my business it's like no i've set it up in a way for me to be able to go there experience it capture a few moments and then be able to put it all into a story afterwards Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't actually do a ton of work during my trips, depending on how much time I have on the trips. But for example, when we were in Iceland, we were, I mean, Iceland's such an expensive place. And if you're only there for 10 days, you want to see every part of it. And yeah. that's what our, that's what our crew did out there. So we, I was hardly working. It's like the most we did was transfer footage to each other during that trip. Mm -hmm. Then I came back here and it was like, okay, now I have my time to settle down. So I'm going to be pumping out all this, all this stuff because, there's not much to do, you know, at your grandma's house apart from look at reindeer outside of the window and <laughs> and spend a bunch of time working on content. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're literally you're traveling for like a, a decent block of time and then you're just kind of somewhat to the word i'm going to use the word grind but like you'll just be like okay i'm locking in it's time for like a bunch of content and then that's kind of like pre-programmed and pre-planned for like the next x amount of time like uh, for example when i'm at like uh, my grandma's house yeah 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 so it's like i have a number of things that i just tried to try to reach i feel like my focus is is constantly shifting because like algorithms and stuff mm -hmm. like that change on a monthly basis 
you know, when you're a part of the system in, in that way, you constantly have to pay attention to it and make sure you're putting out content that not only aligns with your audience, but will also do well online, like the stories that you're sharing online. Um, I try to plan really far in advance for mm. when I have those trips because I'm not going to go cold turkey on on the content that I'm putting out on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. If you were to go into my TikTok right now, like I have I have 65 drafts drafts mm. of posts that are ready to be posted right now, and I mm. post two to three times a day, so that's <clears throat> about a month or month and a half of, mm. of posts that I have ready, you know, if I were to go on a big trip and I couldn't spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on, on that side of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious real quick as like a, a quick question, like how do you find is the quickest way for you to create such great content? Cause like, I think there's travel, <clears throat> there's some like travel blog stuff that I've seen where they like attach other quotes to like their content. Then there's yours, which is like a full blown, story where like it, you're actually like led through it and it's like oh okay cool and you managed to do it in such a short period of time like i think you really nailed it down so like how do you do that so quickly thank you so much and uh i've spent a lot of time focusing on building my team over the last few months i realized that i couldn't really do a lot of this stuff on my own and at the end of the day i just want to focus on filming the content and at most editing the content and then having somebody else do all the other work of my business. So I went and I hired somebody that takes care of all of the subtitles on my videos. That was huge because now I'm not spending hours of my day just creating subtitles for the words that are coming out of my mouth. I also have an assistant now who does all of my brand outreach and um, takes care of like the back end things of my business. So creating mm-hmm. a really strong team around the brand has been super mm-hmm. beneficial and being able to put things out mm-hmm. in a faster way. So I'm hoping to automate as, as much as I can, because at the end of the day, I just want to do what I'm, what I'm passionate about. And if you could afford it, you know, if you could put that, you know, additional 20% of <laughs> your income or whatever you're earning into delegating some sort of task, it's like, you'll find out that the return on that is so much bigger as well as your mental health, because now I'm not getting burnt out trying to um, finish everything on my own. Like I'm putting out content that I'm actually excited about. Mm -hmm. And then I have uh, somebody else do something that they're excited about doing, you know, and uh, then, you know, we all are just a little more effective with, with our time. So that's been huge. Uh, If you do look at a lot of my content, a lot of it is repurposed content Mm -hmm. because I want to be putting things out at such a rapid pace. I -hmm. often put out content that includes a lot of the same clips that I've used in the past, just because I think that they would match this next piece. Mm -hmm. Although although the stories vary from piece to piece, I tend to use a lot of uh, the same clips because mm-hmm. I find that I find that they could still target the the person that I'm trying to reach and be able to deliver the message that I'm trying to share with them. Right. I hear that. And I think it is I think it is such a like I think there are definitely some people that speak out there that like it's like hey you don't have to grind initially and I think like whenever you're doing a startup like there is some grind like where you do wear like 30 different hats but like once you find that flow once you get the like it's it's been a bit of like a a model for this month has been like repeatable systems and then you like leverage that out to other people it actually allows you to live your life like i wouldn't have been able to travel 
and make what I made this year because the last year I tried to do that, I went into 10K of credit card debt. So like, <laughs> like I wouldn't have been able to do it. And that was the first time I ever hired somebody and it was a mess. But I think, I think like, it's, it's good to, good to show like, okay, like, yeah, you started like the initial content creation three years ago, but like it's taken three years to get to a point where it's like, hey, like I can actually leverage these things now. Like it wasn't just like a jump straight away. No, no. And, and I think that's a lot of what I what I hear you saying is that you're gradually slipping into these these things in your life and you're gradually building a team and you're gradually becoming this new person. And yeah, it's all gradual as you learn more and more like we're all just learning more mm -hmm. each each and every day. And what you said with you with giving up one one part of yourself to become this completely new person. It's like that's you know, totally impossible. Like you have to live it to, to mm -hmm. be, to be that person. You have to start those businesses and learn about those aspects of your businesses. Hey, like cor correct me if, if I'm wrong or if you had anything to uh, touch on with, with that, it's like, you really have to experience it to be able to put that together. You know, yeah. where it's like, if my social media accounts were taken away from me today, like I would make it all back within a few months. Right. Because because of the experience and the knowledge that that you've grown, that it's taking you to this place, place that you're at now. Like, you know, people people tend to think that things just happen overnight, but it is also gradual. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hey. What would you say is like your three best tips towards somebody who's looking to start working online slash content creating and traveling at the same time yeah to so content creation or working remotely marcel I, is your question what do you feel like you could speak more to here definitely i mean i, I could touch on both but i know that most people would probably be interested in working remotely and being able to mm -hmm. travel at the same time, so my biggest tips on that would be to have a decent game plan for, for when you're leaving. It's like, um, you know, when I first left home, it's not like I left with zero dollars in my bank account. Although you could go and do that, you could just go and spend money on a flight, hitchhike around a country, sleep in a tent and beg people for food. Like you could go and travel that way and it's totally possible. But if you want to do it and not go insane, <laughs> you yeah. definitely want to have a decent game plan. You want to make sure that you have um, some sort of money coming in every month. Mm -hmm. um, and if not, and if not, maybe you leave with $7,000 and now you're going to spend the next few months of budget travel and trying to pick up on remote work. Mm -hmm. um, there's ways of minimizing costs in every country that you go to a lot of programs that I used to use would be programs such as Workaway or World Packers that allow you to uh, work in a different country and you know you're doing more laborious work such as farm work or you know there was times where I was like scraping paint off of walls and like, <laughs> like just doing all of these weird odd jobs right. but no honorable jobs uh -huh. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, so there's a number of things that you could do to minimize costs. Obviously, you do things like not eat out every day. Mm -hmm. You just go and cook your own meals. So yeah, um, 
biggest like yeah so tips would be to have a decent game plan you know, a decent game plan yeah to minimize costs when you're traveling mm-hmm. and to be very resourceful it's like you you know when you leave just about anything you could want or need is basically figured out for you online mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have some sort of question or if you're trying to make new friends or whatever it is like there are so many different apps and resources and things that you could do in connecting with other people Mm -hmm. and just finding answers to your questions does Mm. that make sense yeah is is that is that helpful for anyone listening (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm so i've got um i've got a a bit of a curiosity question because i mean obviously like there's a lot of stories that you have but I'm curious what the oh I'm I'm like oh where do I go with this question? <laughs> so many different things I'm gonna answer. So I'm like, what do you feel was the most transformational experience if there was one, and where were you, and why? <laughs> uh, let's see. Tra- I've I don't know about how transformational this experience would be this i thought you were going to ask me about like what the craziest thing i was tempted to say craziest but i think like i was going to lean in with transformation but i feel like crazy ones are transformational so feel like if you're if you're leaning into that lean into that yeah i I, i'll touch on two experiences and i'm going to be very open about it i the most transformational experiences that i i had um was when i hit my burnout last year i considered that a massively transformational experience was because i was i basically met this one famous youtuber and i was like oh my gosh i could like hang out with this guy and learn so much from this guy and all this stuff and he lived this totally different lifestyle from what i was really wanting and the sort of stability Mm -hmm. that i was looking for at that time so i just started partying you know four or five days a week and just started living so opposite as to as to who I was and what I desired during that time. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, like, I was just doing the best I could, right? Like, I thought that I desired that sort of lifestyle mm-hmm. during that time. So I so I went for it and I did. And soon found out that that was, like, definitely not what was for me at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. hit, my big bur- hit my big burnout. And that was when I went really inward and did, started doing a lot of the personal work on myself so this was like a few month long transformation like i mm-hmm. there was no there was no like one point that i like transformed in mm-hmm. but probably the most condensed transformation that i had was during my yin yoga course mm-hmm. <laughs> in in bali um where we just did so many different exercises and integrated so much that we were able to apply to every day but people were having emotional breakdowns during this yeah. during this yin yoga course the whole time have you ever done yoga like do you I, do yeah yoga? I've done, i do yoga like to like a minor degree but it's not like i'm going to like <laughs> yoga classes and going for like a full experience like i haven't been to like a yoga retreat or something like that yet yeah <laughs> yeah so, I mean, there's so many different ways of getting to know yourself and just sitting still, right? You 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 start to learn more about yourself when you find moments of stillness um, instead of constantly uh, having, um, 
what's the word stimulants being shoved into your face every day, whether it be the same people or experiences or whatever it is, that's what escapism, you know, would be, but escapism could, could even just be in like day to day life. But once you finally find that time to sit with yourself, you learn the most about yourself. And so there's a d number of different ways of doing that. You know, people do meditation, people do yoga, some do plant medicine to get to know mm -hmm. themselves. Um, <laughs> and, uh, probably the biggest, so I, I have had a bit of experience with, with plant medicine as, mm -hmm. as well. Um, am I allowed to share an experience? Yeah. Share the yeah, experience, okay. please do. Yeah. Yeah, so once every few months, I you know would go and take psilocybin by myself and uh -huh. just basically locked. So not locked, but just like closed into a room. I'd have my food and I'd have all this stuff ready. I'd get my incense. I'd clear the space of my entire room. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'd I'd, <laughs> I'd go and take the psilocybin, and I'd basically just have my journal and pen ready, and I'd be listening to people like. Ram Dass, Alan Watts, and then some other philosophers just trying to dive really, really deeply into my mind and who I was as a person. Spent like so much time just like looking at myself in, in the mirror and really mm -hmm. trying to see who I was on a soul level and asking, mm -hmm. you know, those, those sorts of questions out of my life. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't taken those, uh, I haven't taken psilocybin in like, six to nine months now so mm -hmm. it, you know not addictive at all mm -hmm. and then in this last february i sat with my first ayahuasca ceremony which wow. yeah which was massively transformational but very comparable to like when i would take psilocybin by myself interesting and in intentionally dive into my into those questions right I hear you. Yeah, because I did a, I suppose this is probably the first time I'm talking about it on the podcast. Oh, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Give it to us, Luke. <laughs> like, Luke has been through some wild shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, um, psilocybin, like I took a, um, like my friend was like, hey, like we're going to do this psilocybin trip while we're here in Toronto. And um, we're just going to spend the day. And I'd done it uh maybe two or three times before but i just watched tv like it wasn't like an inward journey it was just more avoidance and um yeah, yeah. it was like the day before and she was like oh yeah like uh we're gonna be blindfolded by the way i was like whoa like she was like yeah you're gonna go through some stuff i was like okay so um we go to this medicine woman's like house like a full shaman lady she used to be like a massage therapist and then just kind of like started like leveling up and some people might be listening and be like oh like um like oh like drugs and all that stuff but like look at it as like what ten thousand years ago we all had like shamans and like these ancient people that we went to and like how old are mushrooms like old so like people have been doing this for a long time like there's definitely some like controversy around like the original depictions of god and religion coming from psilocybin trips and i definitely would somewhat fall into that but anyhow we start doing this we go to this shaman lady's house and she starts doing the incense and there's like three of us. And then we take it in this like little drink and then she just like lies us down on this like bed and like you're blindfolded. And she's there like banging like drums and like like rubbing your face and stuff. Like in a nice way, in a nice way. And um, dude, I was seeing some stuff. Like there was just like this point where like, there's 
there's a few points, but there was this point where she was like, hey, you've got to surrender. You've just got to like, let go. Like, your ego is going to try and keep you safe. The same as you would getting out of your comfort zone with any, any kind of normal experience. But like, there's this point where like, I can see my like ribs in this kind of like, should we say like, I'm going to call it hell. Uh, and I could see my ribs. <laughs> And I could like, I was like in this experience and then this like flowing river to the right. And, um, oh, my body was like, I don't want to go in it. I don't want to go in it. And I was like, I feel like I'm being like kept in my comfort zone right now. And I was like, Luke, just surrender, just surrender, surrender. I want to go down the river. I don't want to stay like in this protected, like comfort zone rib side of things. And I flowed into the river. Then when I flowed into the river, like I end up like seeing Elon Musk, like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and, like, all of like these like people that like, I'd somewhat look up to in the entrepreneurial space and they're all going towards this like light. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this is, this is wild. Like I was crying a lot. Like it was, it was, it was really intense. But then since I've had that, I think my overall well-being since that experience has been the best that I've, that it's ever been, um, for an extended period of time. And I know there's a lot of research that backs it up, but it's amazing how like, we can go inward and I like that you really embodied a lot of like philosophers so that you could go inward. Like Alan Watts is some deep stuff if you haven't listened to it. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fun experience to go in. I would definitely recommend like, I don't know. About you. <laughs> a fun experience. And also like think about all, all the other garbage that people are feeding us. I mean, right. we can, we can, we can totally dive into, you know, the things that were, were taught in growing up in a traditional society. And, you know, my only bit of advice around that would be to question, you know, to question everything. And mm -hmm. it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm hopping on here and, and telling people to go and try plant medicine and say, you, you figure things out for yourself and you find your own path and you journey on your own and see what's right, what's wrong, question everything. Like, you know, where do you fit in? Where do you fit in, into that? Like, and mm -hmm. um yeah like like obviously there are so many other ways of also getting to getting to know yourself but that plant medicine in particular has been a pretty fun controversial topic to dive into over the last year or, or year and a half you know it's, mm -hmm. it's not it's not like we take it super often but it's like when you do take these things with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and you take it you take it with great intention and and care and uh instead of just taking things recreationally mm -hmm. you know? yeah i agree i think there's a definite intention difference when you're intentional versus just avoidant which was like I mean, a lot of people, right, growing up, you're just throwing substances into yourself because you think like, oh, I'm just having fun, but it's really not fun. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why do you think that everybody should give themselves an opportunity to go and travel? Let's see. So I wouldn't say that everyone has to leave and travel the world full time. Mm-hmm. I think that people should give themselves the opportunity to see something other than what they were brought up in. kind of goes back into that thing of like questioning and, mm -hmm. you know, they call it finding yourself for a reason. It's kind of like finding your truth, right? You travel and you get to know all these different cultures in the world. And they're all so different from what mm -hmm. you've 
grown up to know. And if you, for example, when you travel to like a third world country, but you grew up in a Western society, it's like a big, mm -hmm. big blow up in, in your face. And you, it just like really humbles you to, to another level and makes you appreciate all of the things that you have day to day. Cause you could, <laughs> you could go to Africa and see a little kid running around in the, in the dirt with fucking nothing and mm -hmm. he's having the time of his life, you know, and mm -hmm. here we are in, in like Western society and you, you find the things that we're, we complain about from, from day to day. And I think going to those, going to third world countries, for example, like you really see, you really see like what is important to, to those people. So exposing yourself to traveling and understanding other cultures it doesn't have to be a third world country. It could just be other cultures. It helps you think differently. It helps you see something new. It helps you question more. And then in return, understand yourself better. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a beautiful light. I think there was a, a point in my travel when I was 16 in Ecuador. It was the first time I'd ever sort of traveled somewhat. I was out there for two weeks and, you know, I was like driving through we were driving out of the city and I'm like seeing people like live under the ground with like metal corrugated sheets over the top. And I was just like, wow, wow. Like I didn't, I didn't even consider people lived like that, but people do. And they're still smiling. Yeah. They're still happy. Like they're still like loving their family. They don't have everything that we necessarily have, but does that make them indifferent in terms of their happiness? I don't think so. And I think sometimes with Western society it's almost like there's nothing is ever enough and like people have access to socials but like if we were without facebook and instagram and tiktok side of things even though yeah like from an income standpoint for like me and you it might be a little bit more challenging i think for the general public who don't use it for an income purpose i think it would actually benefit them more i don't know about your thoughts around that wait could you say that one more time yeah so the so for me and you, we use the purpose of online media for um, our income and like sense of side of side of that. But like for the general public, if those social media platforms were taken away, it might actually be benefit them a little bit more mentally if as long as their work wasn't tied into the online space, which I mean, <laughs> we're feeling pretty challenged with that right now. But I think... I don't know if it would be a better benefit or a, or a discount for them to somewhat lose that, to put them in that space of where the third world countries are and they don't have access to those things and they're still able to be happy and have a family and live like a more traditional happiness space. I don't know. What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, uh, I think that depending on who you are and the way that you grew up, it also really impacts the type of content that you consume online. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could be really into looking at motivational videos or things that like push you and consume content that actually motivates you in one way or another, or you could just be entertaining yourself and just con con continuously trying to simulate yourself to maybe avoid how you're feeling in, in mm -hmm. that moment. So now you're sitting on your phone for four or five hours just scrolling through TikToks that you don't even care and they're not like inspiring you or anything at all. Like they're not bringing you any additional mm -hmm. value. So I, I feel like it really depends on who's consuming the content and what they've been through mm -hmm. in, in the past. 
but in general, I, you know, if we were to remove that stuff from, from society, I think it brings so much good to the world as well as like so much destruction. And yeah, we constantly mm. have this, have this feeling of like, not, not having enough. And, mm. you know, I just really encourage people to look at that and to, to see where that stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. but like not ever not everyone will so you know is it impacting a lot like would that side of society be better without social media right when they're not when they're not asking those questions maybe you know maybe mm-hmm. life would be a bit simpler and they would enjoy the things that they've got right in front of them mm-hmm. and it also brings this crazy amount of opportunity for people and a lot of like the the smaller countries as well i know they have projects going on in like the crypto space and stuff like that for example where they are um where people in i don't exactly know what what the projects are about but i've i've heard that they've been doing some some good things in, in like the third world countries who have had like a, a better opportunity and um having more of an income um than without it so depends on who it is but yeah it it also gives you such an opportunity to provide people with a positive message and Mm. mission and Mm. Mm. yeah so so powerful yeah i hear that i hear that for sure dude so last question is and i said i know i know i told you before that i've got a second tradition and it actually really flows into some of the things that you've already said so way back when, when I was going through my challenges and I started first listening to podcasts, I was listening to a podcast. I've been listening to it for maybe four or five months. And the dude was like, Hey, like I was working in construction seven to five. I remember being on the building site on this Wednesday and he was like, Hey, like if you don't like your fucking life, like change it. And on that same day, like called up an events manager. I knew like begged him to like give me a job and then like left work that same day. So I'm curious for you, like to maybe a younger version of yourself or somebody who's listening now, who may be on the fence about starting today, like you talked about and and getting on board with a project or just trying out a new idea or giving something like a real strong go. What would you say to that person? Or what would you like to spread in terms of your message towards that person who's on the fence and is ready to is not sure if they're ready, but is still on the fence? Like, what would you say to that person? Oh man, <laughs> that's a good one. Because <laughs> obviously, you could take that to so many different levels. The question, the question that you know, the cheesy question that I like to ask everyone is, is like, yeah, like, what if today was all we had left? <laughs> you know, if today was all we had left, like, how would you, how would you live your life? Would you be doing anything differently? For you, that kind of sh- struck a match it was yeah it was almost like asking you like dude if you don't like your fucking life then why don't you just leave this job you went and you left and you're we're just mm-hmm. like on this on this mission to or on this pursuit of finding happiness elsewhere and i think people just get so so comfortable in in where they're at it's it's really it i feel like it definitely depend depend on who you're talking to as mm-hmm. well Mm. 
yeah i can't find a direct answer for mm. you mm. yeah and, uh, and i think sometimes like even just that question it, it lands pretty hard like yeah. i know for me it was when i had that realization at that time it was like yeah i mean like i'm not happy and then another friend asked me like two weeks later he was like oh what so like no it was like two weeks before this he was like so what are you going to be a laborer for the rest of the life of your life and then i had that that statement to kind of push me over the edge and i was like Phew. but it started with a question right so the question would be from jaro is like if your life ended today like would you would you be happy like somewhat an embod embodiment of that question right yeah so i mean you know what i don't feel like i'm at that place mm -hmm. um with myself yet to be able to say that if i died right now i'd be fully liberated and able to pass on to whatever comes next and mm. <laughs> it, that really struck me when so i was getting my skydiving license a couple mm. of months ago now i was in spain and it was a two-week thing and my first jump have you ever been skydiving before dude i haven't i'm like i'm like i'm probably gonna get um some stuff sorted just after christmas to be honest but yeah dude so i start my license this was something that i wanted to do for such a long time and my first jump i go up there with my with my instructor the whole first day we're learning we're in class getting ready my first jump we're going, we get up into the plane and now we're taking off and I'm just sitting there because I'm supposed to walk us through the entire procedure and then pull the parachute while this guy is strapped to my back, making mm -hmm. sure that we're okay in the air. Mm -hmm. And so it's already uncomfortable having a, pa a man that's, that's two times my size strapped to me. And now I'm supposed to be doing everything to save us from plummeting into the earth. Mm -hmm. And so it comes down to it. We jump out of the plane. I walk us through all the different procedures in the sky and we're just like leveling out and now we're cruising down and dropping at such a rapid pace. And as soon as we got to 4,000 meters, I'm supposed to check the, check the altitude meter. And uh, yeah, I got to 4,000. So I waved off and I went and I pulled my parachute and I chucked it out. First tandem jump, we look up and he goes, fuck there's a line twist and i was like oh my gosh so i look up all of our lines are twisted into one and mm -hmm. i'm i'm crapping myself right this is my first jump and we're just coming down at such a we're still coming down at a really fast pace and so we're trying to kick out of it this guy is screaming at me and anyway we we go down a bit further he's like we're gonna have to well as we were as we were coming down that in that first shoe i looked at the ground and i was like i i'm not ready to die like, mm -hmm. I don't feel, I don't feel ready to die. And, um, for somebody that is liberated of that, like, I wonder how they would respond to a situation like that. It's like, are people actually ready to, to pass or are they not personally? I don't feel like I've, I've gotten to that place with, mm -hmm. with my safe to myself to be able to say that I've like fully liberated myself of that. Mm -hmm. But when I look back at my life, I have no regrets for anything that I've lived mm -hmm. um, and continue to push myself in the ways that I want to be, be pushing. Mm. What would your take on that be? Mm. Yeah, I've got not, a, not the same experience, but I've got uh, another near death experience that I can definitely speak to that gave me a lesson. So 
long story short, I was camping with some friends and we were in this space in Cornwall and we were like, hey, the lighthouse is over there. Let's go walk over towards that. And the sea was coming in, but we thought, we thought like, hey, like we can get there. And the sea was coming in pretty quick. So we ended up having to like start clambering over rocks. And um, was it Jack or was it me first? I think it was me first. So um, the water's coming in and these are like dangerous now where like people get locked in between two rocks, the waves will come crashing in and like you get stuck, that's how people die. And we were on these rocks and I was like, fuck, <laughs> like we're in the middle here. So I was like, right, let's just try and get off this rock and then go on to the next one. I slip, hit my head on the rock and like my head's bleeding at this point. And I was in the water and I was like, Jack, stay up there, stay up there. And then Jack slips, he falls in with me as well. And like, we were just there and the waves are starting to like come in. They weren't like, you're not looking at like six foot swells or anything, but it was like still enough that like, if you didn't know how to swim, you'd be really fucked. Um, blessed, like me and Jack had both swam up until like we were 12 at like swimming school. So you kind of know how to do it. <laughs> and we, I remember like us swimming around swimming around swimming around. And I was getting there at, at around the point and I was like, dude, like, imagine if we didn't know how to swim, like we would have actually been dead. Like we actually would have died. And like my head wasn't bleeding bad, but like, I think a little bit more force, it would have been concussed or like fully split open, which is another kind of situation. And this was only like 13, 14 years old. And I thought like, wow, like I'm really, I'm really not ready to die at this point. Like there's a lot that I still would like to achieve. And I think the lesson in, in that is that, and I actually have a number that um, I do, and I think this is really worth people doing as well, is take your age and times it by 365 and then minus that number away from 32,850. And that will give you the amount of days left until you're 90 years old. So for example, mine is, and it's less than that because I'm almost 26 now. So last year I did this and it's 23,725 days until I'm 90. And most people die around the 75 mark. So that's also given me a bit of an urgency to make the most out of every single fucking day that I can and kind of live that day somewhat to the fullest. And I think if you can do that, it gives you a great orientation to start the thing that you want to do today. Yeah. Yeah. And how would, I have a question for you and, and yeah, then, you. <laughs> then uh, we can end it if you want, but how do you think that people gain the inspiration or the motivation to actually want to go and pursue their dreams, their, mm. maybe their childhood dreams or whatever it would be. What is it that creates that urgency for them that they are going to, to die one day and they should go and live their life fully now? Yeah. And this is a great conversation because I work, I work within an environment where you have an aspect of sales, but sales is helping somebody make a decision as well, because, you know, like myself, I waited eight months to make that decision with that coach to change my life. And that happened because I had a breakup and like, that's a transformational experience in that time anyway. And I think sometimes people have that happen where you have an extreme experience, but look at it as like, 
you can make a decision now or the universe will make a decision for you down the line. And usually the universe is less forgiving. So, for example, most people know that they shouldn't smoke regularly, but people still do. What's the universe's answer to that down the road? Lung cancer. So that's not a great experience. So for you to get to that decision earlier than it would have been for the universe, it's asking the right questions like we did earlier. It's like, hey, what's the cost of you doing this five years from now? Like, what if you keep on doing the exact same things that you've been doing and you don't change anything that you're doing and you're 10 years down the line? Like, what's the impact that that could have on your kids? What's the impact that could have on your future family? What's the impact that that will have on the future relationships that you have? Like, here's something that landed for me recently. And before the travel uh, transparency, like I had a real issue with casual sex and I've had that for like a long time. And I was listening to a Jordan Peterson article and he said like, hey, like if you're prepared to have casual sex, then cool. But realize that you're also going to be treated like a casual partner for the rest of your life. And like, I was like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like, I was like, we're stopping. We're not doing it again. I don't want to do it anymore. We're done. We're done. <laughs> like, and I, that genuinely cemented that in my mind. And I think sometimes things like that happen. Um, where you have something and it really hits you in the chest, like that guy saying, if you don't like your life, fucking change it. Yeah. But I think you also have to be in the energy of wanting the change. And in order to get to that point, it's asking yourself the right question. So like, if you're not happy right now, what would make you happy? And how can you walk yourself towards that? But without the questions, you go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Jaro, it's been an absolute joy having you on here. I've absolutely loved connecting with you. Like, I mean, what we got an opportunity to connect for like maybe a hot 45 minutes and getting changed in like a dutty changing room. So like, <laughs> you coming on here, bro. That was I so really funny. Do. It was pretty yeah. oh, anyway, memory memory yeah. <laughs> but, um, with that said for everybody listening we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedules to come in here listen to jaro and a little bit of my wisdom and if anything landed with you please do share it out on your socials jaro where's the best place to tag you and get at you if uh people want to connect and see what you've got get me on instagram at travel oh. with jaro would probably be the best place yeah my guy my guy my guy so for anybody listening still we really appreciate it and just have a little bit of a think of like who do you know like if there was something that came up in this episode that really landed with you don't think about just you think about maybe your brother your sisters your family your friends like whoever that is a work colleague you used to know who might have had something land within this episode and just think about that because ultimately it's not about me it's not about jaro it's about getting these messages to people that really really need it and with that said Keep moving forwards. Keep being the awesome people that you are. Don't ever stop. We appreciate you and we hope you have an awesome day.